Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Welcome back to Gotta Be Done the Blue podcast. I'm in Hello. the wagon with the beautiful Mary Bolling, Kate McMahon here. Hi, Kate. What's going on? Mary, it is so great to see you and I cannot tell you the depth of joy I feel knowing that there is a generation of children around the world that will be now using the word dunny. <laughs> Doesn't it just Same. bring a smile to your face to think of these little, like, American children and French children running around going, dunny, dunny. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Chili, but, yes, it does. <laughs> Can we play three on the bed and the little one said so while Dad's in the dunny? Yeah. Bluey, can you say toilet instead of dunny, please? Why can't we say dunny? Is it a rude word? I can't imagine the Queen doing it, but, you know, Bluey could be very popular over there, so, yeah. Have you ever had, like, the Queen as a consideration in any kind of decision-making <laughs> you've made in your life? Like, was that kind of drilled into you as a kid? Was the Queen ever a point of reference? Uh, no, but uh, you know how um, you told me to watch The Crown after we recorded Queens? I'm finally yes. doing it and I'm loving oh. it. So, yeah, the only point of reference I have for a Queen in my decision-making is should we watch another episode? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it was, yeah, not so much in primary school, although I think I've spoken before about how mum would go into suddenly, you know, expecting everyone's vows to be better. And it was very much like we were all living, um, my fair lady, but when I started my cadetship at the Herald Sun, one of the first things we got told as, you know, the shiny new cadets was, um, and you should dress every day like you might meet the Queen, which I was just instantly like, well, I feel like royal visits are usually pretty well uh, pre-advertised <laughs> and I will not be doing that. <laughs> See, I never heard that, uh, but I always was told um, as if you could uh, need to attend a funeral or meet the Prime Minister, so, okay, which is both right. more, much more likely, I that's guess. That's probably quite, yeah, that's yeah. quite practical. I probably should have dressed better in retrospect, but... <laughs> My, I was like, well, the Queen, I'm not worrying. So, yeah. Yeah, you would have had a heads up. You would have had a press not, release. Not helpful advice in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I just used that as an excuse to buy nice clothes and nice shoes. So, yeah. You you always did look very nice. Any Prime Minister should have felt proud to meet you. <laughs> I don't think I met the Prime Oh, no. Yeah, Julia Gillard was um, our local member. So, it was pre when she was PM but used to call her office all the time and yeah she came and visited us at our leader newspapers so oh. that was quite exciting mm, nice yeah I heard later that like when she um left politics that she sold the little brick house she had in Altona in our electorate and um moved over to South Australia to like big mansion on the beach or something but like <laughs> Yeah, and um, the people who, the people who bought her house, I think, were quite. They had daughters, and I think they were sort of like hoping for a bit of the the magic to rub off on uh, their family. <laughs> so, we know where to look if we're going to replace a prime minister anytime. Yeah, soon. well, uh, yeah. I wonder what the toilet was like in that house, and whether they called it the dunny. Would the queen say dunny? 
Uh, no. It is not a word the Queen would use. Then I'm not saying it either. I feel like last week we covered a lot of um, parent-dividing topics in bad mood, um, but possibly, I don't know if it's as divisive, but this episode really nicely brings up just the the breadth of people's experience and you kind of think that whatever you do is normal, but actually there's there's a whole lot of very weird normal out there for a whole lot of people. <laughs> It really is. That wasn't my initial takeaway, though. My initial takeaway was, oh, these are some good games that we can play, like, you know, in the mornings when we're just trying to get, like, an extra few minutes of light oh. lying um, horizontally. It's like, you know. I am all about yeah, that. <laughs> I was so up for that. I was like, because we quite often, you know, like, particularly if Will wakes up before Liv, our eight-year-old, so um, Will's four. So if we hear him and Liv's still sleeping, I'll just be like, mate, do you want to come in and watch a couple of episodes of Bluey on the iPhone or something. (laughs) So, like, get him on a device and I can lie there cuddling him but with my eyes closed and get that little bit of extra. Like, every minute that you can stay still in bed is precious, isn't it, really? Yes. Yeah. All about that. I reckon there is not much staying still happening in bed (laughs) at the heel. (laughs) No. And actually, on reflection, maybe this is um, slightly annoying because now we've got to play... Uh, amazing games rather than just the new expectation well (laughs) we play a game um yeah very similar uh the boys you know if they wake up too early the easiest option is just bundling them into our bed and bon has invented a game called baby dinosaurs where the two boys will kind of just duck under the doona and be down there like being dinosaurs waiting to hatch but it's adorable kind of groomed the game to be um we want to be lulled into a false sense of security that the (laughs) eggs are never gonna hatch like oh they're not hatching today we you know so the longer they stay under there as eggs being quiet (laughs) the more like you know shock power they finally have when they hatch out um so yeah, that's that's paid dividends for us. Just the long hatch on the eggs. Can I ask, have they ever fallen asleep like under the covers? No, that is a dream. Oh. All, like all these people who post, you know, adorable videos of their kids just like falling asleep, kind of where they were playing, or you know, face first in their spaghetti or whatever. <laughs> like that has just never I'm happened blowing. to us. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, usually the only time that my kids fall asleep inappropriately is when they're sick. So, you yeah. know, like it's always that moment, like you find them asleep on the couch, oh, my God, they're adorable. Oh, they're probably sick. Oh, this could be a really <laughs> no. crummy few days. So um, swings and roundabouts, <laughs> dunnies and toilets. <laughs> oh, bingo, have you not learned to walk yet? <laughs> yes, I Did we not teach this kid to walk? Let her go to the toilet. We've said that no one is staying particularly still in this episode despite being in bed. Um, One thing that is staying still right at the get-go, you spot a long dog um, Mm. in the very first scene, so keep an eye out for that if you haven't spotted it already. But, yeah, this it goes all over the place, this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost got sort of like teasing vibes from it. I was wondering if it's... Um, like that was the starting point. They were like, oh, we haven't done one about bed games yet, so maybe we'll think of some good bed games and then mm-hmm. what can the na- underlying narrative be? And for me it was kind of very much that 
every family has different things that are normal and acceptable and I don't know, there's quite a lot of diversity and should be a lot of flexibility in, in that. Where did it take you, man? Yeah, we never called the toilet Dunny and I guess growing up, you know, there was a bit of, you know, using proper words and um, the the clash of cultures, I suppose, <laughs> with what kids say, you know, may kind of flare up in the playground. But really it's when two parents have to decide on the way forward, like Chili and Bandit are trying to kind of wrangle that you really get into, <laughs> into tricky territory because, okay, so growing up we never said fart, for instance. Oh, so um, what did you say? Did you say well, fuck off? Well, I was actually or? racking my brain because it was so long since I'd said it. But um, And I don't know if this is like I, this might have been just our family, but we said poop poop. <laughs> which sounds much worse our family. Say it, but it was it was the very the absolute cleanest way but you know the preference was just to not mention it at all <laughs> oh so like someone had <laughs> and you just ignore uh yeah possibly um or would there just be glares uh no it wasn't it was just like well we wouldn't talk about that um I, I'm sure we did and I'm sure you know there was hilarity as well but Generally, you know, that was just, you know, you were being a bit raucous and rude if you were talking about it. Mm. Whereas age, um, like I don't think we discussed it before the first time it came up, but is very much there is no other word. You call it a fart. And I still kind of half recoil every time I hear the kids say it. <laughs> but it's too late now that um, that horse has bolted. <laughs> Was there anything you and Tim have had to kind of yeah come to um come to agreement on? Well, I I'm probably relate more to your upbringing, Mare. I mean, my parents are both teachers. My mum's an English teacher, so it was all very much we use the proper words and say things properly, like we say Australian rather than Australian, like things <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah, we definitely taught about enunciation from a young age. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that that seems to stick because when I listen back to the podcast, <laughs> so often I'm like, Kate, just speak properly. Um, uh, yeah, Tim was the youngest of four boys, so I think by the time he came along, everything was on the table. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there were definitely things that like. Now my four-year-old will openly talk about farts and poos and, like, bums and all these sorts of things and my parents still, like, blush when they come over and it's like, <laughs> you know, there's this amazing art trail on in, that's been on in Melbourne over the last few weeks um, for the Royal Children Hospital. Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. um, and uh, all over town, there's been these um, things called UUs, which are like statues, and each one's been painted by a different artist. We went down to Geelong to see my parents because they lived down that way, and um, they met us uh, where there were like 10 of these UUs that had all been moved into a habitat because I think a few of them had been uh, vandalized out in the wild, so they had to move them to safety. Anyway, um, yeah, and Will was running around and going, Mum, look at this one's butt. It's got a sun on it <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> and my mum was just sitting there looking at me like, do you allow him to say that? And I was like, yeah, look at that. It's got a great great picture on its bum, you know, like rubbing, rubbing salt in the wound. 
Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just part of life. And I, I think my mum was just, oh, well, he is a boy. <laughs> you know, my girls would never have done that. <laughs> yep. But your parents had both. So. daughters. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were mixed. And same, we would ne- like even saying bum was a bit, you know, a bit rude. We would have said them. But I think it's been, you know, kind of language moves, obviously, but it's been a super mainstreamed, especially um, like there's books out there, Nobody Likes a Fart. And, and yeah, it's all very um, in pop culture. So, yeah, maybe you could argue that the Queen wouldn't say it, but it's if it's in a book on the library shelf, like how bad can it really be? Well, I mean, <laughs> so. the the book um, Nobody Likes a Fart that was written by Australian royalty, Zoe Foster Blake, who plays um, a voice in Bluey in Hammerbarn yes, yes. and uh, Jack's mum as well. So if, if it's following- good enough for Australian royalty, <laughs> it is good enough, but got to be done the Bluey podcast. Totally. Worth following um, Zoe for many reasons, but alone for um, her reposting book week costumes of people who have dressed as farts from the book. <laughs> <laughs> it brings great joy without fail every year. So, yeah, <laughs> check that one out. Okay, so farts, def- like if you can say fart, obviously you can say dunny. Like. Mm. Do you think this I feel like where does chili quite, come from that dunny is not an appropriate word? Do you here? think it's like an old school Australian word? Like I don't think I would say dunny. I mean, personally, I always say bathroom, regardless of like, you know, like I wouldn't ask someone, can I use your toilet? I would say, can I use your bathroom? And I don't know. Yeah, I think right. this is just a harking back again to daughter of an English teacher. Um, but uh is it, is it the not- pool, like, um, you know, like the, the crocodile dundees of the world, you know? That- well, is she being anti-bogan? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that, you know, that is exactly yeah, that- what I'm saying. Is there classism here at play? <laughs> well, I hope not. Damn it, Chili. Like, we've met Granddad, <laughs> obviously. You know, you're not from the upper echelons of um, Australian society, although, like, you know, in theory, Australia's society shouldn't have upper echelons, but of course it does. But I don't think it's uh, defined by language as much. As, well, I don't think you know, got money. The, the class system isn't as apparent here as probably what it is in the UK. Like I remember, it seemed very divided. You know, middle, upper, lower mm. class sort of people. Whereas here, it's probably like you've got your super wealthies, and then everyone else and then your battlers which is quite esteemed almost in some ways but yeah well and and also you know everyone wants to be the underdog like Mm. I know I read a stat recently that the majority of middle class Australians actually wrongly identify themselves as working class because they don't want to be seen as you know (laughs) up the ladder (laughs) which if that was the case you'd be saying Dunny and, you know, yeah. wanting to come across um, a bit more bogan than perhaps you have a right to be. But but then we know Chile's been to the UK as well. So perhaps perhaps she met the Queen there and has, you know, taken home this lasting impression that she has to meet the Queen's high standards. Or perhaps she's just been watching The Crown as well. <laughs> <laughs> and in this family, we don't say Dunny. Dunny's free. <laughs> 
What? I was just telling Bluey to say toilet instead of dunny. What's wrong with dunny? It's not a word the Queen would use. But I guess that is one way that you kind of um, find your tribe, I guess. I always gravitate towards the parents that just sort of laugh it off when my kids come out with a bum or a poo or a wee or something. True, yep. Um, when they're talking rather than language rather than the physical action. Yeah. 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 The words that look startled, you should probably always sort of give a wide berth. I feel, you know, like, yeah, but then it's so hard because it's how you were brought up, which you had no control of as well. And it's hard to switch off those first reactions from, Oh no, that's a naughty word from when you were a kid kind of thing, which obviously we all grow a lot from there. You know, I guess every family does have different rules, whether they even realise it or not. It's, yeah, maybe it's not even rules. Maybe it's just standards and how you then make that fit with someone else. I really like that kind of storyline in this episode. Chloe's parents let her say it. Well, then that's fine for Chloe. She can say it. But how come she can say it and we can't? So are there any words that are off limits in your house, Mary? Well, We definitely don't want the kids to swear, but Mm. we uh, sometimes might occasionally accidentally swear around them. Um, And I think that's probably, you know, a problem for a lot of families. Hands are up. Like I've got one mate who um, has older kids and she has taken, she and her husband have taken the approach that they just told the kids on day one, no, that's grown-up language you won't be saying that we will be saying it around you all the time <laughs> deal with it <laughs> it's worked the kids don't swear at least wow not, you're gonna hear it regardless once you're once you're in primary school and yeah definitely in high school but how you'd kind of manage that rule even having kids over from another house like I guess yeah, you can implement any rules within your own house. It's just when you get into the outside world that how you make them fit. Yeah, and how how do you explain that, you know, the things that we do and we protect and we honour in our house can be different in other houses, I guess. That's the tricky bit, isn't it, that, you know, not every kid will have the same things and same systems and doesn't mean that you're better than it. God, I was- <laughs> I was feeling for Chili in that moment, like when um, Bluey stands around and says, does that mean we're better than Glow? I was like, whoa. (laughs) I was like, okay, how does Chili handle this? Because I need to take notes. (laughs) I need to do some addendums, work out how she handles this for future reference because, yeah, it's a a minefield really when you're getting down that path. So. Absolutely, because you know everything's logical to them. Yeah. So, what yep, is the most assumption? Is the explanation? Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, we're better than them. <laughs> it's like the obvious place to go to. But Chili is a bit fun when she doesn't really know what to say. Then just dismantling the rule. Because toilet is a better word. Well, I think so. And Chloe's family rules are that they can say Danny. Yes. So does that mean our family rules are better than Chloe's family rules? Well, um, no. They're just different. But you said toilet is better. Um, yeah, I I did. There's one uh, unspoken um, controversial things that some families do and some families don't in this episode, which is some families would say, oh, you'd never let your kids into your bed, (laughs) which (laughs) have you read that, that, you know, Oh, like I would have heard dozens of times 
like when I first sort of started co-sleeping with Bon that, oh, you know, you're making your own bed for yourself. You'll never get them out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hand up here to like we've done everything. I think we've done sleep training. We've done co-sleeping before. I, You know, we've had times where I've literally spent a week sleeping in a bed holding a child before. So, you know, like. You just have to go with what works in the moment for you and your kid, right? But I will agree that, um, yeah, I feel very sorry for people who are like, oh, the only way my child gets to sleep is if I'm holding them and patting them. And it's like, how long do you do that for? Like, Yeah. Yeah, like a long time is the answer for some people. <laughs> uh, so we sleep trained uh, Joe, who's now 10 months um, over just over January, and oh so much better mary like i can just literally put him in his cot walk away uh it was congratulations. a rough, rough half, but you know as soon as he got it it was like oh you've got your life back i've got my room back we weren't sleeping in an air mattress on the lounge to <laughs> sleep uh you know like i think um you've got to do with what works but uh yeah don't be afraid to to try and aim for what you need as well because I knew I needed some, some sleep. All right, everyone swap. Mum, you stay there. Okay. Okay, bingo, you know what to do. Yeah, so I guess yet again, much like, you know, Chili has to take a flexible approach to the rules mm. in the end, um, it's hard to have a hard and fast rule in parenting maybe. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, I think... Every every time I've come up with a hard and fast rule about one thing I definitely will or definitely won't be as a parent, I've had to eat my words <laughs> many times over. I still remember like sitting in a food court when Olivia, our eight-year-old, was a baby and watching some other mum feed her kid chips and feeling so smug because I was feeding her like an organic avocado or something. <laughs> I was like, this is so easy. Why wouldn't you just do this instead of feeding a kid chips? William's first food that he ate was chips. So <laughs> I tried it. And look, he's a strapping lad. And now he eats everything. But like, you know, like back then it was sort of, he was like, I'm not interested in food. And chip was the first it piqued his interest and he didn't want anything else so you know I think that's what I like about this episode as well is you know we do have the episodes where we see the healers in their natural habitat all over the house and they do have a lot of toys which is very much reflective of the average Australian child I suppose but um yeah the fact that games can just be played entirely in bed with nothing but imagination that is a really nice part of this episode Absolutely. Did you have a favourite amongst all the games they played? Um, well, I really like 10 in the bed and, um, you know, we do that a lot in this house with um, soft toys and things because, yes, yeah, like throwing yourself out of the bed like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in an age where I could, like, put a hip out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I did think that, yeah, both Bandit and Chili were a bit too committed to that. <laughs> It was a heavy fall. But it does it does signal where Bluey gets it from. I think it was a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, typewriter and the fact that Bluey just leaps into a bush <laughs> without without a second thought. And yeah. The apple does not 
leap slash fall far from the tree. <laughs> um, the game that's gotten the most mileage in this house, though, Mary, is Squish Squash, which I thought was actually quite <laughs> clever, really. It was, it's, it's good because, you know, as soon as a child goes down a path that you don't necessarily want them to be on, you can totally distract them with a bit of Squish Squash. Danny! Squish Squash! <laughs> Clear? Yes! ultimate distraction tactic yeah yeah because you know it's hard when you've got an adult weighing you down and <laughs> <laughs> wings flailing underneath them <laughs> oh man um talking about bad mood last week and how to get out of it perhaps that was the hack we didn't get to squish squash <laughs> <laughs> um, i feel like if a kid was deep in the red zone though it would, it would not help to suddenly have squish squash come out of nowhere <laughs> She said, oh, man, I need the dunny. Squish squash. Okay, okay, that's enough squish squash. I really liked how the girls would, like, they'd all swap positions in the bed, though. Like, that felt very relatable. <laughs> yeah, you just duck under and pop out somewhere else. And um, <laughs> that was super cute. It reminds me, actually, was Go Dog Go a book that you read as a kid? No, I don't know about it. Um, Tell me. It's kind of like in the... It's not Dr. Zeus, but it's in that kind of era of, um, you know, pretty simple illustrations and it's um, like a kind of an early reading book by P.D. Eastman. And, um, yeah, there's a scene in it where it is night now, dogs go to bed and there's kind of 20 dogs in a bed all sleeping in kind of different different ways, like one's, you know, sticking its tail up and one's awake and one's like kind of sleeping on the bedpost. And anyway, it, it just looks like a very crowded bed. But um, that reminded me, um, yeah, this, the kind of diving under the covers reminded me of that. And they've just created a Netflix show um, from the original book, Go oh, Dog wow. Go. So I haven't watched it yet and I really need to get into it. So um, if anyone has watched Go Dog Go, hit us up on the socials and tell us if it's worth it and if it's at bluey level or that might be optimistic. But, you know, how <laughs> what percentage of bluey level is it at? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough yardstick for any other cartoon to try and reach now, isn't it, really? Uh, yeah. The book is amazing, though. We've been we've it's back in our lives in a big way and um, the boys just love it. OK, well, um. Is, is this the right time to say there's a new pup on its way to the bowling house? Oh, yes. <laughs> and actually. This is, this is probably what we should have opened the episode with because it's very exciting news. Yeah, yeah. Dogs are just my life now, actually, because, yeah, when I'm not uh, recapping Bluey episodes or reading Go Dog Go, um, we are watching a lot of How to Train Your Puppy YouTube videos because <laughs> <laughs> there is a with our name on it um so uh, he doesn't have a name yet but he's a labradoodle so my, my kind of dog oh so exciting we went and visited him love it the excitement levels are very high but the pressure to name a dog when you've got like all of the blueyverse names kind of rattling around in your head is is high like yeah there's only I'm one not sure it's a Black Labradoodle, it should be. Uh, so chocolate. Oh, chocolate. Mm, yeah, there's no obvious character that he will be similar to. But um, and I did send Bond to bed um, the other night saying, okay, see if you can dream and have some dreams of dog names and then let me know in the morning. And he popped back out two minutes later. He's like, I, I had a dream, first name, Bluey. 
<laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, okay, good. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that one. Great, great. He's like, or, I'm like, bingo. He's like, or chili. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I could almost get over the line on chili, I reckon. It's on <laughs> it is a boy, though. <laughs> <laughs> um so yes dogs oh how good are they very excited although yeah ask me once he's actually disrupting sleep and you know needing needing to sleep in the bed much like the uh, children I co-slept with <laughs> and we'll you might get another version of the story well, one of my favorite mornings though when there's just you know kids and dogs and stuff crammed in the bed and we're just trying to get it up to 10 in the bed yeah <laughs> ready ready much like this episode, it's been a bit all over the place, but I reckon we might nearly be there. Okay, uh, <laughs> did you have a best on ground? Yeah, I think my best on ground is probably Bingo, mainly because of her performance in the Chinese Whispers game. So mm. yeah, I, I thought that that was uh, that was quite impressive the way that and. How she even started by trying to reach up under the covers and make her mum say Dunny by putting on the side of her mouth, ventriloquist style. I thought that was clever. Um, but surely the quotable quote for, is, ah, booger beans. <laughs> so <laughs> what about you, Mary? Yeah, I feel like actually Bandit's reaction to Chili's new Dunny rule was kind of so, so real to kind of the – oh, we're doing that now, are we? Kind of standoffs that <laughs> happen in parenting all the time. He was just like, oh, okay, I'm on board, which was good. Uh, yeah, so I think, you know, even though it proved itself a fairly um, a fairly un- impractical kind of new decree from Chile, uh, the fact he was kind of prepared to back it even though he obviously wasn't on board <laughs> was was nice and and yeah, he held in his uh, his probably more first reaction criticisms. Um, but in terms of go to lines, I think you're right, booger beans, and just that experience as well of trying to play games with the youngest kid who doesn't get it. <laughs> it's so like, oh yeah, what is it, Bingo? Potato. Oh, bingo. What? We play I Spy just with colours rather than letters because we're not up to letters and even getting two-year-old Cass to kind of correctly identify the colour of the thing he's looking at and yeah it's it's a very complicated process so I'm feeling for the rest of the family with bingo as well. Were you feeling the potatoes <laughs> really <laughs> deeply? Potatoes. Oh. They sound delicious I would definitely eat potatoes. <laughs> Cooked glass style with a bit of butter on top. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Potato starts with a purr. Oh. <laughs> so um, the underlying theme for this, uh, and it was composed by Joff Bush, but it seems to be like a jazzy riff on the Ten in the Bed song. Now, I uh-uh. don't realise, Mary, but there are different versions of this around the world. So um, it's the original Ten in Bed. No one knows who came up with it. Apparently it's been around since the 20th century, sort of early-ish. Um, no idea about the origins, um, a- according to my extensive Google slash Wikipedia search. <laughs> but apparently there are different versions. So some of them it talks about like a kid falling in the potty and not getting being able to get out. Oh, again. okay. And then there's one version where um, 
please remember to tie a knot in your pyjamas. Yes, okay. I have heard that one. That's very big in like the the scout guiding kind of world. I'd never heard this. It was a revelation. So how did it go? Because roll over, so they all rolled over and one fell out. Who bumped his head and gave a shout? Is that sort of how it goes? Yep. And gave a shout, please remember to tie a knot in your pyjamas. Single beds are only meant for one, two, three, four, and you count up to whatever number you're up to, I think, maybe. Uh, it's it's vague memories, but yes, yeah. Like, it was perfect, like like the basic version, like the version you hear on Play School is already, they've nailed it. Like I can't, yeah, I don't yeah. understand why there's more to it. No. It makes it makes it more interactive and, around and the campfire. And how does tying a knot in your pyjamas make it somehow easier to not fall out of bed? Uh, well, like I don't know what? if the <laughs> suggestion is they'd be tying knots to each other. Or like, you know how you tie a knot to remember, like you tie a knot in a piece of string to remember something? No. No? (laughs) That's such a, I don't know where that comes from. There's lots of, no, like obviously no one actually does it, but it was a, I don't know if it's a kid's fairy tale or, like it was definitely a thing in kind of mid last century that oh i've got to remember that like when i see the knot i'll remember it like benders like i'm wondering maybe like they're not this maybe to the bed so they don't fall out (laughs) maybe but the big one said nah Good research, though. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, it's just interesting that, you know, I, I was just like, I've never heard this version before and I'm so glad that you could illuminate it by singing it well, for me. <laughs> so badly. Well, it always blows my mind that there's two versions of heads and shoulders, knees and toes. Uh, Which one do you think is the right one? So do you mean like tune-wise? Like, yeah, tune-wise. Like, yeah. So heads and shoulders, knees and toes. Is one, and then the other one's head, shoulders, knees, yes. and toes. So I prefer the second just because it's more jaunty and more fun. Yeah, I but do too. But I'm I, okay I with either. the first one as the original. So I feel like I've, you know, it's like your football team. You can't change it, right? Can <laughs> um, you just mix and match? Like, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah right, for the right that. occasion. Perhaps, perhaps there are occasions that need different versions of that. You song. need a, you need an uplifting, jaunty, fun one. <laughs> Yeah. Because the bit that I like is the eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Oh, it's a banger, no doubt. If we're up to it, this all feeds amazingly well into my We Know That Now. Um, Because a few weeks ago, I think when we recapped Cafe, we were talking about that extra little short that Ludo put out of Bluey and Bingo singing Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, which, um, yeah, so there's two versions of that we talked about, or so I thought. Um, amazing Jace, who is a longtime listener, uh, got in touch on Twitter and shared a, a YouTube video, a guy called Tom Scott. Um, he is kind of like a, just a, you know, comedian kind of, Chats Away guy, um, has 3.61 million subscribers. So wow. I don't know if that was he had those before this amazing video or he didn't. But anyway, he put out a survey, what version you kind of know or you first heard of Jingle Bells, Batman Smells across oh the US so and, and Australia. And um, 
got amazing responses. This video goes forever and it's kind of breaking down like regional changes, whether Wonder Woman lost her bosom, which only happens in the Australian version apparently, whether um, Robin uh, flew away or Robin laid an egg. Um, There is so much there and it's just all like rabbit hole diving fascinating and he's done the research so you're not going to hear it anywhere else. Um, I'm so so, excited. I've shared it on Twitter but I will share the video again because it's just – uh, gotta be done style deep dive that I was just loving. It was really funny. I'm here for all of this. I'm really excited. <laughs> and I think we have we more we know that now yep, music. We as do well. because um after we had our conversation last week, I actually heard from the lovely Joff Bush. So I feel like I sold Joff down a river because uh, as regular listeners to the podcast would know, we do record back to back and he only missed the window by like a few minutes. <laughs> so like we just finished recording. I was like, oh, Joff texted. So anyway, sorry, Joff. Champ, like as well as uh, everything else. Yeah, so I do have a little bit of information about Bad Mood from Joff and he was saying that that one, uh, so I should texting with Joff and um he said that one, Joe Twist did most of it. It was a tricky balance, but without going into the weeds, we were going for a sort of a pantomime slash silent movie vibe, bass drums, tuba, and piano to keep it less dark. He said, I take full responsibility for the lollipop song, though. He said, I was trying to write the most annoying tune ever. Can I just say, Joff, you totally succeeded. Nailed it. Nailed it. He said, like if Parry Grip was sped up and played through a broken hi-fi, which skips. <laughs> anyway, there were a few versions. That was the most annoying. Now it is one of the most requested tunes. I am so sorry, parents. <laughs> um, we still love it, Joff, and it's been in my head yeah, nonstop. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just what life sounds like now. I'm just prepared to accept it. <laughs> anyway. Thanks, Joff. Thanks, Joff. You're legend. Um, yeah, hopefully we um, can um, get him on as a, a guest soon, Mary. So oh, that would be so great. Um, the yeah. fact he notes that Joe Joseph Twist was the collaborator on that one. Um, Joe Twist is also um, also amazingly orchestrated the Bluey theme song for the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra to play oh. recently. Oh, wow. We've shared it on our socials um, and I'll share it again because it is just gorgeous. Yeah, like we'd already kind of been hearing where the theme song could go in the new album, but to hear it get the full orchestra treatment and the orchestra also doesn't mind doing a bit of hand claps, which uh, brings a lot to it as well. So, yeah, it's just gorgeous. So we'll have to share that again. Um, But, yeah, track it down if you haven't heard it already. Beautiful. Love the MSO. So, yeah, I will be. Um, Did you see when the Soweto Gospel Choir did the Bluey theme song? Yeah, that was fairly early days. That was spectacular, wasn't it? We should find that one and share it again as well. Yeah, I'm I'm down for these orchestra slash choir slash other versions of Bluey songs. All the versions. Bring them on. Is Bluey album still on high rotation at your house, Mare? Because it's it's a daily here. We have a new favourite song every week, I reckon, um, uh, Block Your Ears, but it's been uh, Magic Claw. Oh, no. <laughs> because we've been playing Magic Claw. Um, I think Just the boys don't. found the chopsticks and it was, yeah, couldn't hold them back. What about you? Uh, yeah, it does change. We quite like the Keepy Uppy song. 
Um, but mm. I love um, camping. So, yeah. yeah, listening to that and and just that little bit where it's like, hello, Bluey, and <laughs> I just love it. It's so good. Um, yeah, and and I know a place as well. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's become our putting Caspi to sleep music. So it's just like we would listen to it, you know, 10 times a day just on repeat to get him to sleep and it's, yeah, it's so gorgeous. Well, um. Are we there? I think we are. Um, if you would like more of us, though, you can always find us on social media. So we are um, at Bluey Pod on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Bluey Podcast. You can email us. It's blueypod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, tell your friends about us. Uh, it's a great free way to share the Bluey love with the people that you love. That would all be lovely. Kate McMahon, you are lovely. Um, so are you, Mary. You next week. In the meantime, it's got to be done. Bye. Bye. Broccoli? No. Beetroot? No. Beans? Uh-uh. Booger beans? Pull away. <laughs>